Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you this morning. Lovely to see you guys. So Matt and Kat were part of our church. Like a few years ago, you're presumably visiting or realize that London is a great place to live. And you... <laughs> it is lo- I, I'm just, um, I, w- I did have an introduction for my talk, but I'm going to give a different one. So, and I'm going to try not to cry. But Connie was one of, I think, no, no disrespect to anybody else sat here, but I think Connie was probably one of the most saintly people that I've met, like ever. And, w- and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to share a couple of things, because um, I need to save some stories for other, <laughs> other moments, but a couple of things that just stand out. So Connie had this group in her flat for five, year five and sixes, and she, she didn't have a lot of resources, a lot of money, but she would feed those year five and sixes every time. And she wouldn't take a penny from us. And she would just feed these kids. And and I know my son, he eats a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And she would feed them. And then at Christmas, she would give these young kids a card, and there'd be like a fiver in it for all of these kids. It was extraordinary generosity. And we, we love generosity, don't we? There's something, do you remember like a couple of weeks ago, if you're here on Easter Sunday, Rob showed that video about it, just stunning generosity. There is something about stories of generosity that just catch our hearts. There's something about generosity that is contagious, that it ripples out. Generosity multiplies. And so these next three weeks at Riverside, we're teaching through a new series entitled Bringing Communities to Life, and we're going to be thinking about the importance of generosity to the mission that Jesus has called us to. So we're going to look at a story today in Luke chapter 19. If you have a Bible, uh, please be turning to that. Um, it is a, probably a pretty well-known story to many of us. It's the story of Zacchaeus. And he was a tax collector. The context of the time was that that area of the world was under Roman occupation. And so they would get locals to work for them and collect taxes. So you're kind of collaborating with the enemy and taking money from people. Okay? And so this is a story from verse 1 of Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, so really unpopular, and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Beautiful story. If you went to Sunday school growing up, you remember that one, right? Beautiful story of salvation and transformation. It is also a story about the multiplication of generosity. 
So Zacchaeus, he's a pretty unlikely guy, but we see this way that his life is turned around by Jesus. And I know that many of us here can testify to Jesus doing that for us too, right? Of turning our lives around. But you may be here or you may be online and you may not have started a relationship with Jesus yet. One of the things that I love about Jesus is that he invites all of us to a different way of life. He transforms us. He resets us. He, he causes our lives to change so that we make a difference and that our lives are a whole lot better with Jesus than without him. And that invitation is for all of us. So the story that we've read, there's this crowd gathering around Jesus. And if you're trying to build a movement, that's good, right? You've got all of these people. But what Jesus does is he sees Zacchaeus, who's climbed this tree. And he's that guy in town that nobody likes. I I bet people used to walk down the street and they would cross over and maybe throw something at him. (laughs) He was not a popular guy. But Jesus sees him, and then he says, I'm coming to your house, and that's really generous, isn't it? Incredibly generous. And as you read through the gospel stories, I see a Jesus who is incredibly generous. You're generous with, with the way that he spoke to people, with the way that he acted, with the way that he spent time with people. Incredibly generous. And then the ultimate act of generosity, he gives his life. So here's the thing. A life of generosity starts with Jesus. If we want to understand generosity, look at Jesus. And if we can't see Jesus from where we are right now, climb a tree. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is do those things that help us to see Jesus, because that's what Zacchaeus did. Read this book. Spend time in worship, spend time in prayer, spend time with the poor, spend time serving, spend time giving, because we'll see him so much better from those kind of places. Have you noticed how kind of like the characteristics and behaviors of one person can rub off on another person? Have you noticed that in life? how that happens. So I grew up in southeast London, and I've got one sister. She's a couple of years younger than me. So we grew up in the same household, the same part of the world. She moved to Manchester to go to university, and she stayed up north. So she says things like, I'm going to have a bath, and I'm walking on a path. Now, she wasn't brought up that way. She was brought up to say, path and bath. But that's from hanging around people in Manchester, right? (laughs) Have you noticed very carefully I haven't said which was right or wrong? (laughs) My body language may have... (laughs) It is exactly the same, friends, with generosity. Jesus can catalyze generosity in us. The most generous person can catalyze generosity. Just a little bit of time with Jesus, radically changed Zacchaeus. He goes from ripping people off to giving half of all that he had to the poor. That seems pretty generous to me. And then he offers to make restitution to anyone that he had cheated, but not just giving back the amount he had cheated, maybe with a little bit of interest linked to the bank base rate, you know, that kind of thing. No, what he does is he says, I'm going to give back four times 
the amount that I've cheated. Does that sound generous to you? Sounds really generous to me. So I reckon there was probably a queue outside his house that night. So kiss, I heard what you said. Do you see the way that the life of Jesus has got into Zacchaeus? And the generosity of Jesus is catalyzing a multiplication of generosity in the life of Zacchaeus. And the same can happen to us. Indeed, I'll go a little bit further. I believe that followers of Jesus, that Christians, should be the most generous people on this planet. Generous with our time, with our energy, and with our money. The most generous people on this planet. Now, this morning, I am going to talk about money. And I appreciate that that is more difficult than talking about sex. But we're going to do it. Firstly, because it's incredibly important to discipleship, to following Jesus. Here's something that John Wimber, who was the founding pastor of the Vineyard family of churches, said. He said, show me where you spend your time, money, and energy, and I'll tell you what you worship. We've said it in this church. If you want to know where your priorities are, just get out your bank statement and your diary, and that will give you a pretty good indication of where you're kind of inclined, what's important to you. The second reason is that on the 15th of May... Um, in the life of our church, it is Commitment Sunday. It is an annual time in the life of our church where we encourage everyone who calls Riverside Vineyard their church to think about our finances, that part of our life, and as part of that, to review our giving. And there is also an opportunity to give to a specific project this year that I'll talk about in a moment. So to help us to do this wisely and prayerfully, there is a brochure available today. They're in these envelopes. This is mine. I'm hoping there's a brochure in there. I know there is. The team have done a fabulous job. There is a brochure in there um, for all of us today. So if you are in a small group or on a team, there is an envelope at the back with your name on it. Could you pick that up? Because that will save us postage. And have you noticed how expensive postage is now? So we would love to save as much of that as possible. So please do that. If you're in a small group or team and there isn't an envelope, apologies. It most likely means that your small group leader or your team leader hasn't let us know. There are a bunch of unlabeled envelopes. Just pick up one of those. And if you're not in a small group or on a team, one we'd love to help you join one of those. But there, if this is your church, or maybe if you're just visiting today and you're, and you're just interested, then just pick up one of those unlabeled envelopes. If you're online, simply go to riversidevineyard.com slash gift date, and everything is there. Okay, so if you've been around over recent weeks, months, couple of years, we've spoken about this church becoming one church many places. Simply a church that meets in more than one place. So this church, Riverside Vineyard, is now has two sites. So we have Riverside Vineyard Feltham. That's here. If you didn't know where you were, you're in Feltham. This is Riverside Vineyard Feltham, but we have also got Riverside Vineyard Stains. Many of you... Yeah, come on. <laughs> So many of you will know that we had a pre-launch service last Sunday at Hyde Community Primary School. Can I just say, the team did a fabulous job. 
First time in a school hall setting up for a, a worship service and kids' spaces and welcome and car parking. There are some pictures there which are amazing. We had 60 people out before we'd let anybody know other than the people here, which was just so encouraging. The public launch is next Sunday on the 8th of May. So could, could you pray whether or not you're a praying person, could you pray? And secondly, if you are in that area, if you know anybody that lives in the Staines and surrounding areas, there are invite postcards at the back. Just, just invite anybody and everybody. We would love to see them. One of the realities of launching a new site is that there are significant costs. In all sorts of ways, but it includes financial. And in order to launch this site, we are budgeting over the next two years for £75,000 to cover things like venue hire, staff costs, equipment, um, all the stuff we need for kids and youth, um, coffee, donuts, which are really important, all sound equipment, all sorts of stuff. We're budgeting at £75,000 for the next two years. And then launching new sites in the future in places like Slough and Kingston and Walton and Weybridge. Those are the things that we're praying for. All of that will come at a cost. And so what I want to say to us today is this is a time for us to be really generous so that we together as one church can bring life to our communities. We're passionate about doing that. So I want to share today five things that I'd love everyone to do if this is your church. If this isn't your church, you're incredibly welcome. These might be great things for you to do as well. But if you're part of our church, I want to ask you to do these five things over the next two weeks. Firstly, could you prayerfully review your finances? Just take some time to look. And that's always been important, but it is especially important now with you know, rising living costs and all of the challenges of that. It's really important that we take the area of finances seriously to our discipleship. Second thing, would you pray about your regular giving and simply ask the Lord to speak to you about it? In my experience, when we ask the Lord about giving, he always answers. He always answers. Ask that the Bible talks about settling before the Lord the proportion of our income that we're going to give back to him. So ask him what proportion of your income he wants you to give, and then would you trust him by doing it? Ask him and then follow through. For some, now is the time to start giving regularly. Maybe that's not been a pattern for you, Now's the time. For others, it's a really good time to check whether you are giving the proportion that you intend to give. So, for example, your salary might have gone up 3% last year, or whatever it was. Did your regular giving do the same? Because if it did, wonderful. If it didn't, over a period of time, the proportion has changed from what you intended it to be. So go and have a prayerful look at that. For some, I believe that in this season, the Lord will be inviting us to increase the proportion that we give. Now, let me just briefly share what Bethan and I do. And 
this is not to make us look good. If, if that's how you hear it, I have failed. Okay? I'm simply going to share what we do in the hope that you know that we are invested in this along with you. Okay? So we've always given regularly. We give through standing order each month. About 25 years ago, we started tithing. Literally working out our income and giving 10% of that before tax, because we choose to give before the tax man gets his hands on us. We choose to give, we gave 10% to Riverside Vineyard as our local church, which we believe is where the first part of our giving should go. About 12 years ago, we came to a place where we decided to not see a tithe as a ceiling, but rather as a catalyst towards generosity. And so we have been, over those past dozen years, growing in trying to be generous. And we're now giving around about double what we used to give. So that is just for us a personal journey of where we have been going. And so I share that with you. If, if I lose some benefit in heaven because of that, I do that willingly if it blesses you. Okay? That's just our journey. Thirdly, would you pray about giving to the launch of new sites through this church? Simply want to ask you to ask the Lord how you can give, if he's inviting you to do that, over and above your regular giving, to this part of our mission together. Maybe you can give a little bit to that, over and above your regular giving. Maybe you're someone that has a spare £50,000 and you've been wondering, what could I do with it, Lord? I'll buy you a coffee. I'll, I'll have a chat with you. I'll, I'll share some things that could be a really good use. Seriously. So you might just have been, seriously, someone might, what could I do? Maybe this is the thing. Maybe you can give that gift now, as in when we hit Commitment Sunday. Or you can set up a monthly gift for the next year or two. Or you can pledge an amount for later this year. We want to launch the site in Staines really well and at the same time not cut back at all in our ministry in this site. In fact, we want to see this site grow and develop as well. Okay? Fourth thing, be part of a team. Be part of a team. We want to give a great welcome at both of our sites, Riverside Vineyard Feltham and Riverside Vineyard Staines. We want to have great worship at both sites, great kids and youth work, great car parking, you know, just, just great everything. We want to do it as well as the Lord would allow us. The reality is, to do that, we need to build teams at both sites. Let me just share. The last two Sundays here there has been a scramble for refreshments because there was no team. Now, I don't know about you, but I quite like a coffee in the morning. I'm the only one that likes a coffee. Does anybody else like a coffee in the morning? Is there anybody else here whose kids like a donut? Look, I know they do because I see them going out with handfuls of donuts. We need to build teams because we want to give a better welcome. And so it's really important. We want to live Jesus' way in this. And Jesus' way is put so well in Mark chapter 10. Jesus turns around after a little conversation with his disciples about who's great. And he says, 
the Son of Man, talking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve. Okay? It's a good deal in this church. Our teams run on a monthly rota, which means that once a month you serve, and three times a month people serve you. I think that's a good deal. But we, this is a moment where we need everybody that's part of this church to be on a team. Because we are passionate about the welcome that we give to people. You see, if you're in the car park, the person that you might meet may be somebody who hasn't found Jesus yet. And just by being kind to them and expressing some of the welcome of Jesus, that might be catalytic in them finding new life in Christ. It's not about the car parking. It's not about the coffee. We want to serve our kids and youth incredibly well, don't we? You see someone like Connie who gave her life for young I want to be more like that giving our life to serve the next generation that will be released fully as passionate followers of Jesus. We need everybody to be a part of this. So if you're not part of a Sunday team right now, now's the time, friends. Fifth thing, would you complete a response card? In this beautiful brochure, you will find a response card, which simply goes through uh, the regular giving, um, gifts to the launch of new sites of this church, and how you're involved on a Sunday team, how you're involved now, or how you could be in the future. And then would you bring that with you to a service here on the 15th of May in Feltham, Commitment Sunday, and we'll also find some way of doing something in Staines on the 22nd of May. And there will be a point in those services where we can bring our commitments together as an act of worship, because we, we're better together, friends, aren't we? We're way better together, and so we do this together as a family here at Riverside Vineyard. If you're away that Sunday, or maybe you're online, um, you can grab a card and send it into the church office, or you can find a, a digital version of this embedded on a web page, which is riversidevineyard.com slash gift day. Hopefully, that will be behind me at some point. Riversidevineyard.com slash gift day. You can find the digital copy of the brochure there, and you can fill this in online and click submit. And that will work as well. Wonderful. So I've spoken about giving to the launch of new sites. One of the questions that you might have is this. Andy, I don't live anywhere near Staines. Why, why would this be important to me? Why would this be important to me? Why, why, why would we all give to this? I want to just share a few reasons why it's important that we are all part of this moment together. The first is, we are one family. As a church here, we are one church. We do this together. We are all creating space for those who don't know Jesus yet. That's why we're launching the site in Staines. It creates space there, and it creates space here for people who are not here yet. We do that all together as one family. Secondly, it's biblical. As you read the New Testament, for example, in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul commends the Macedonians for giving to people right over there someplace. He says, well done. So it's biblical to give to new communities of faith beyond ourselves. Third thing, through giving, we can be a part of everything. 
We can be a part of everything this church does, even if we're not physically there. You see, the reality is that's always been true. None of us can be present in storehouse, the Harbour Project, the Money Advice Centre, the Job Club, Busy Bees, Mums and you know, Parents and Toddlers Group, Meeting Place, English Language Classes, Visiting People in Prison, Kids, Youth, I could go on, I'm running out of breath. You know, we can't physically be part of it all except through giving and prayer. But through giving, we can physically say, I am part of all of that. And that is a wonderful thing. And it's the same with our site. Whether or not you ever visit Staines, I'd love you to. Come and say hello to us. But whether or not you do that, you can be a part of it through giving. And I, I personally think that is a wonderful thing. Fourth thing, we can give forward. We can give forward. Let me explain that. Is there anyone here who is blessed by this space? Blessed by the lighting, blessed by the sound, blessed by the video quality, blessed by the kids' spaces, the youth spaces. There's going to be coffee and donuts in a moment. There's a foyer. There's... Seriously, could you raise your hand if you are in some way, maybe just even just a little bit, just grateful that there's a roof over our heads this morning, that there's a space that we can come in to worship the Lord. You'd... Maybe you're a lot grateful, but even if you're just a little bit grateful, just a we're blessed by this, right? Could you keep your hand raised if you were part of giving to this venue back in the early 90s? Could you have a look around? My point is simply this. You can put your hands down now before you lose blood in your hands. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people who over the years gave incredibly generously to where we are now. And they gave forward, and we are now incredibly blessed by their generosity. They're not here to benefit it from the, in the same way that we are now. They gave forward. Friends, we have the opportunity to do the same. It is an incredible blessing to give without being a beneficiary. So whether or not you ever go to Staines or other sites that we will launch in the future, simply take hold of that opportunity to give forward so that others are blessed by our generosity. Let me take us, I'm coming in for a land fairly soon. I'm just going to take us back to Luke chapter 19 as I come to a close. I'm going to read us again verse 8. So Zacchaeus has had this incredible moment with Jesus. Jesus has come to his house. And he, he says this, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And as I've said, that's pretty generous, right? That's pretty generous. I'm going to share briefly two benefits of generosity. The first is, is that generosity blesses our communities. It, do you see the way that Zacchaeus, he put money back into the local economy, right? His, his generosity blessed the community around him. For Bethan and I, 
as we lead this church, we love the generosity of this church. So don't, don't hear me wrong today. We love the generosity that is rooted into the life of this church. We love, for example, 16% of our budget last year, that's about one in six pounds, was spent beyond ourselves, including all that we do with our compassion center and storehouse. 16% goes straight beyond ourselves. And as a church, we want to excel in this grace of generosity. So this is what the Apostle Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He says, in the midst of a very severe trial, have you noticed there's a cost of living crisis? Anyone had a utility bill recently? In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. That sounds generous to me. So what I want to say to us, we need to be wise, but in the face and in a time of financial challenge, our communities need people who will rise up in extraordinary generosity. Because generosity releases life into our communities. And the second thing is generosity resets our hearts. Resets our hearts. At the heart of the story that we've shared this morning is this man, Zacchaeus, who meets Jesus and his heart is reset. See, I don't know about you. It's almost like there's version one and version two Zacchaeus. There's version one who climbed a tree and there's version two who came out of his house having met Jesus. Which one do you prefer? That was slightly rhetorical. I like version two Zacchaeus. I really like the one who had met Jesus and had his heart reset. And the really good news for us today, friends, is that we can meet Jesus today too. He can, if you like, come to our house for tea today. His Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is here. He can transform us and he can reset our hearts, and that's one of the senses that I have for us this morning, is of the Holy Spirit resetting our hearts. And the reason I believe that he would want to do that is that he can and he will catalyze even more generosity in us so that more of his life can be released through us to our communities. It's a reset moment. It's a reset moment. I believe the Lord wants to release that to us.